Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, and thank you so much for joining me for Modern Living with Dr. Angela. I am your host, Dr. Angela Chester. I am so excited about my guest today. It is just really, really awesome to have you guys on the line, to have you here. And, you know, we were we're going through some technical difficulties on, on my end, but thanks you guys so much for, for putting up with my technical difficulties. I really and truly do appreciate that today. I just want to say good morning, and I hope that you are having a great morning as well. So let's go on and get started. Who do I have on the line with me today? Dr. Michael Gray. Dr. Gray, how are you? Thank you so much for being on the line with me. I am excited about what we are going to be able to talk about today. Now, you guys, if it is a matter of can you can you hear me? Can you hear me, Dr. Gray? Yes, I can very well. Okay, thank you. I do apologize. I'm having some technical issues on my end. I would like to um introduce your book to all of our listeners. Can can you tell them a little bit more about that? Briefly stated, I have three books that are like a trilogy on spiritual matters called uh, To the Abyss, Seeking God, and Spirituality. And I'm very proud of a treatment manual that I have going across the country, called, which also is uh, reflected in a TV show, which I did as an accompaniment, called Good Mental Health with Dr. Mike. The book is mainly a trial, trying to help people with dual diagnosis issues, uh, substance abuse primarily, opiate addiction here in Martinsburg area, as well as other issues of anxiety, depression, etc. And I have over a 30% success rate, which is, according to SAMHSA, the federal government agency, twice the average for the best uh, programs in the country. So it's really successful. And maybe will help people get back to their life and, and enjoy some success. Mm-hmm. Now, I like how you said that you have a, um, a TV show that you also um, – are are sharing with everyone. Can you tell us what platforms that is available on as well? Is it on Amazon? Uh, it is on Amazon Prime Streaming, and you can look up Good Mental Health with Dr. Mike, or you can go to my personal website, which makes it easier to to travel there. It just look for dr for Dr. Mike on TV dot com, and it takes you right to the website to the shows. You click on whatever show you want to watch, and it'll direct you to Amazon, and you log in, and you can see the show. Primarily the biggest one I've seen was really helpful. They're all helpful, but one across the country has had particular resonation with people because of anxiety and racing minds and trouble sleeping. And the panic attacks is called number two, stress. And it's a really uh, tried and true method that really helps people get over panic attacks and anxiety and lead productive and happy lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, for those who are unfamiliar with a panic attack, can you give them a an example of of what that what that would be, or what it would feel like, or sound like? Well, yeah, so in some cases, at its extreme, it makes people feel like they're having an actual stroke or heart attack, and it's very, very mm-hmm. scary. Many, many times, they end up in the emergency room thinking they're having a heart attack, and the doctor will tell them you're basically having very high anxiety. 
and that's as a result of panic symptoms of a racing mind, a tightness in the chest, a seeing kind of like stars, feeling a tension up your neck and your arm, almost like a heart attack situation, trouble breathing, uh, feeling like you're being closed in on and claustrophobic, and you just, in some cases they just want to scream and run when around people. They just can't be around anybody mm-hmm. at the time, can't even go in the store or right in public. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is, like you said, such a, a, a horrible, horrible feeling to have there, and it's, it's absolutely crazy. Now, I want to ask, um, what made you decide that, you know what, we... I need to write this book. I need to make sure that this is out and people are aware that help is there. What made you decide that you should do that? I try to be a spiritual person, and like all of us, mm-hmm. I make mistakes, but my goal is to be a servant to the created. I've got over 20 years of college, five degrees, 20 years plus studying on and off studying spiritual and scriptural information. I worked for close to 24 years in the mental health field, either working with the veteran population, retiring there, as well as community mental health. And knowledge is not any good unless you can give it to others and share it with them. Mm-hmm. And that the knowledge is of any use is if you're giving it towards God's purposes, and that's why I do this. Mm-hmm. Now, your website is conservativespirituality.com. Um, two very interesting words, conservative and spirituality. Can you explain what do you mean by conservative spirituality? Uh, Real briefly, there's a concept that people have. It's called frame of reference. They usually Mm -hmm. use that term in reference to a particular situation, but it has better application when you consider that most of us start to have memories at about five and a half when the frontal lobe starts to develop. And from that date to whatever our age is, that's our frame of reference. In my case, being conservative means early 60s, having that first knowledge and seeing things in a way that I can't even believe where they're at now today in comparison. And when I say conservative, it was a time when the golden rule was everything. It wasn't mm-hmm. about if I could a good deal, spend a little bit and get a lot. That's what it's about. It isn't that way for us. We were there to help people, teach people the way we wanted to be treated. Basic scriptural guidelines, there's old euphemisms that our grandparents would tell us. They still have application in a conservative nature lifestyle. And as far as spirituality, with my clients, I don't try to preach religion to them. I realize that anything of man in some ways is flawed. So I'm not trying to make them be a Catholic or a Protestant or anything else. I just want them to have a personal relationship with their creator, understanding it like it was a parent-child relationship so it has meaning to them. And they can develop that relationship to help them have coping through life and hopefully, instead of being in the moment, look down the road to where we're going with something positive to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With something positive to look forward to. I, I really and truly like that answer. That's 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 very powerful um, to me. Now, with your choosing to be a psychologist, um, many people have uh, an interest in people or they have an interest in things dealing with the mind. What made you decide to go into that field of practice? I didn't decide to. It was kind of put in in my life. <laughs> uh, other people okay. told me to do it. I, I started my second, after my second bachelor's, that same night I graduated, I started working on a local job corps. And the kids told me after about a month and getting used to me, they said, we're so glad you're here because it's the first time in our lives somebody actually cared about us, and we know you do care, and we just love what you're doing for us. And I realized that's where I help people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is so awesome. I, I love that. I love that. Um, 
do you find that when it comes to mental health or substance abuse that there is a lack of spirituality in the therapies that are available? Well, that is that was very apparent to me in my research for my dissertation. A couple of quick facts. Number one, they found in over 80% of the cases that clients wanted to have spiritual concepts and a conversation about God in their treatment planning, and that, uh, and, but they were in many cases were afraid to bring it up because they didn't know how they'd be viewed by the therapist. And conversely, looking at surveys of therapists, less than 40% have a spiritual lifestyle for themselves personally, and less mm-hmm. than half of those were even willing to make it part of the treatment process. For me personally, the four rules of ethics for the field of mental health generally is that we do no harm, we do well, it's about the client and not us, and they have a right of determination of how treatment should be to a certain point. Now, if they ask mm-hmm. for spiritual guidance or, or help and they want to talk about it and you're not giving it to them, which most aren't, then you're not really providing for their needs. And that, To me, that's unethical in its very nature, but that's the world we live in because there's a humanistic concept that education and research are the way of making decisions. Man makes them. Uh, that's the values we're supposed to have by man's decision, not God's. That's what humanism means. And, of course, those who are educated, unfortunately, sometimes more not, are more humanistic than they are spiritual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is that is absolutely amazing. You know, as a pastoral counselor, I definitely have to agree with you. So many people uh, want to be able to include um, the spirituality that, that makes up who they are there, um, to bring a bit of, of their faith into the conversation, and, and that is definitely why they choose my services, because they want to be able to do that. I, I have to agree with you. Now, um, sometimes you talk about this thing about being the adult in the room, and I, I absolutely love that. What does it mean to be the adult in the room? My whole treatment strategy and the reason I'm successful, 30% versus 15 at best, or 3 to 7% in community mental health across the country, is I redirect them in a different way. First off, most mental health in uh, Western civilization is cognitive behavioral therapy. The idea is that you have a thought or thoughts which makes you feel a certain way, and based on your feelings, you have certain behaviors. If you want to change behaviors, you try to change the way they think. The problem is, over the past 30, 40 years, it's all become about emotions and nothing else. Mm-hmm. I basically ask my clients two questions. Can you think of even one time in your life where emotions, just emotions, not based on rational thought and thinking, ever turned out right in the long run, and they usually can't tell me that. Number two, if that's the case, why do you give emotions so much value? Once I've set those ground rules for them to understand that their emotions in most cases are why they're where they're at negatively, and in most cases 80% of the DSM, which is our manual for disorders, is based on either directly or indirectly emotional. So I try to think their ways with tools in the handbook, metacognition skills, problem-solving skills, thought-blocking, thought-attacking, diaphragmatic breathing, and a, and a holistic approach to treatment that includes exercise, diet, leisure, you know, things of that nature, and a purpose in their life, which is the most important part, because they really don't have a plan for their life or purpose in most cases. So being an adult in the room is I try to get them to realize their emotions or where they're at and why they're there, and to give those tools to them in the first phase, to understand those tools, use a manual, and develop more practical ways of dealing with life. 
And when that happens, my goal is, with the behaviors is, basically I see two types. One is to just feel good, and that's our culture. Mm-hmm. Whether it's uh, drugs, sex, uh, music, TV, whatever it is, it's a distraction mm-hmm. away from facing their self and personal time to, to try to reflect and grow. Rather than actually get things or lose resources by trying to feel good, especially in this area with the addictions being what they are, you can lose your kids, your life, your freedom, everything else. I try to make their behaviors being based on getting things done, mm-hmm. accomplishing goals, having a plan for the life, being knowing success. And as a result of that, their self-esteem rises because, look at me, I can do this, I did this myself, I took care of this, and then they can still feel good. I'm not averse to feeling good, it's just which way you go about doing that. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. final result is they look back and they say, you know what, I love where I'm at, I love the fact that I've got transportation, home, a relationship, people still love me. I don't want to go back to addiction anymore, and that's why it's a success, because I make them, on the first day they come in here, recognize they are personally responsible for their recovery. Seems harsh at first, but in the end result, a couple months later when things are turning around, they can also take credit for it because they did it, which means that they'll be more involved in their treatment and less likely to Mm -hmm. stop those practices that help them maintain recovery. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is that is awesome. I I love that. Well, Dr. Gray, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. I want to make sure that in our our last thirty seconds or so that you have an opportunity to remind everyone uh, where they can find you online. The best thing that for communications with myself is. Uh, you can look for my practice under www.pctpllc.com. Uh, that is my business site, and they can communicate there. Or by looking at the site, there's contact information for address and phone number. Okay. All righty. Well, everyone, thank you as well for tuning in. I leave you with this song, No One Else, by Michael Gray. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye.